Welcome, friends, and thank you for listening. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and our team exists to strengthen Georgia Baptist churches in the area of discipleship. We've developed three tools just for you. The Watershed Principle, which identifies the six main ministries of the church that must be healthy to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. The Spark Conference. Last year's conference saw over 33,000 views from 45 different states and 18 countries. This year's conference will premiere on August the 12th with best-selling author Tony Evans, Ben Mandrell, president of Lifeway, and David Kinneman, the president of the Barna Group. We also have learning communities that are set up throughout Georgia, which exist to help you finish the task of leading your family in ministry well. You can see our website to find one near you. Also, every Thursday at 3 p.m., you can catch this broadcast through Facebook, Instagram, or multiple podcast platforms. Now, let's join today's broadcast. Hey, friends, Scott Sullivan here, and welcome. One of uh, our sharpest leaders at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board is joining me today, and uh, really one of the sharpest guys that I've met since I've been here in Georgia. And we've got one of those emotionally charged topics that we want to discuss because uh, it deals with our children and our teenagers. You see, Chris Trent is with us today, and he is the Next Gen Catalyst here at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and he's married to one woman, and they have two kids that Chris knows of. Anyway, right, Chris? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just two. <laughs> yeah, I think I would know as much trouble as they are at times, but uh, no, they're good kids. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris is the author of Consider This, A Youth Worker's Guide to Longevity. Great book. Matter of fact, I posted the other day, Chris, uh, of me sitting in the car line picking up my kids. I know, day. dude. That was awesome. Yeah. I was sitting there. I was like, man, what am I going to do? And I, you had just given me the book. And I was like, this is really good. Yeah. Really, really good. So well, You're, man, you're highly, very kind. Highly, we'll highly, always take you back, Scott. If you want to come back to youth ministry world, man, we'll take you back. So come on. Yeah. Yeah, and I also use it at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah, that's probably true, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he's also the co-host of Youth Ministry for the Long Haul podcast, and he served uh, 16 and a half years as the middle school minister at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church. Listen, the guy has a ton of experience and um, has done it for a really long time, but also at a high level. So, friends, listen, I want to remind you of something as well. We're able to bring this broadcast to you because of the cooperative program dollars that you give. So thank you for giving to that. And we also want to give away a stack of resources. So if you will, make sure you leave a comment uh, on our Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, whichever you are watching this, and you'll be entered into um, the drawing for a stack of resources at the end. Now, so Chris, welcome, buddy. Glad you're with us. Man, thanks. It's awesome. Uh, You know, we had to drive a long ways to uh, to get this all worked out, and uh, the secrets of recording. You're just next door. You know, (laughs) I'm 12 steps away from him. Like for real, but it works. You know, that's right. Hey, so start out by giving us giving our listeners a little background about Chris Trent. How'd you get here to be the next gen catalyst for the state of Georgia? Yeah, it took a minute, you know, to get here. Um, I'm a product of youth ministry. I, you know, I always love to say that because it's 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 true. I parents divorced when I was in middle school, and as a result of that, a youth pastor invited me to youth camp towards the end of my junior year. I didn't know what youth camp was, but I went to youth camp, and 
even though I'm from the South and everybody, most everybody has at least heard of Jesus. You know, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus at the time and made the decision to follow Christ and um, quickly looked at my youth pastor. And, you know, I don't know if this is like a real biblical kind of sounding calling here, but I quickly looked at my youth pastor and said, I want to do what you do. And uh, that led to, you know, me going to school and preparing for that and spending 11 years in Texas doing youth ministry, you know, out there and uh, enjoyed our time there and ended up at Johnson Ferry. But along the journey, I've always had really a passion and a heart for investing in youth pastors. Um, I'm a product of mentorship also, um, and I love to mentor others. And so along the way, Georgia, uh, the, the really what when, back when we call it a Georgia Baptist Convention, you know, they, they gave me lots of opportunities to to train and to invest in others. And so, you know, just, uh, I guess maybe five, six months ago when we started the process of the opportunity to get to come here and invest in the next gen throughout the state and hopefully encourage churches and in, in, encourage youth pastors along the way, um, and children's pastors, because we do children's ministry and next gen as well. Um, it, it was a great opportunity and Wendy and I both just started feeling like the time had come for us to make a little bit of a change. So here we are. Awesome. Awesome. So you write, you lead next gen, and you are my kid's favorite magician. We were at lunch with Chris one day and he pulled out some cards <laughs> and my boy was like, that, 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 he must, he's like from the devil. He can do stuff. How do you yeah. do that? You know? <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it's a nerdy hobby, but it's fun, you know? Yeah. So little known a, facts about Chris Trent. He's also an illusionist. Really. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's my grandpa started that for me, but, um, it's a great, it's a great tool to have in your back pocket. If you're on a bus with a bunch of teenagers, uh, yeah. you know, and so uh, I haven't been able to do it, you know, well, well let's jump into well. our, our topic here, Chris, cause you yeah, wrote something that I saw and it was called the five mistakes youth pastors are making yeah. when restarting ministry after COVID. Now let me be clear right here because we're talking about youth pastors, children's leaders, but the reality is of what we're fixing to talk about, man, this is, this is crossing all the lines from adult ministry to children to youth. These are just great um, nuggets that I think will be good for all of our leaders. So let me jump into this first one here. Yeah, Scott, I'll just say, I don't know if you remember, you were standing in my door when I was telling you about it. And and as I was sharing each one, you were like, that also applies to adults. That yeah. also applies to adults, you know? And so we we're like, let's do this thing. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah. So we want to upload this and really just spur you folks on. Now, listen. Uh, make sure and leave, let us know in the chats where you're watching from, listening from, uh, to get entered into that drawing, but also just so we can connect with you. Here's the first one. Was laying aside effective ministry practices developed during COVID? Yeah, so the reason this one came to mind is, I'm, and this may sting a little bit, I'm going to come right out of the gate hot here. Um, I'm, I'm a little... I think I'm weary of people saying that they have um, they have Zoom fatigue. You know, we, we talk about Zoom fatigue mm -hmm. because I think I think one of the things we need to remember is we when we started developing that new type of skill, for instance, with Zoom, um, we fast forwarded a whole lot of people. How, how many people have, have I mean, most of the adults here probably have heard stories of senior senior adults that have been meeting over Zoom? And if you would have said that a year and a half ago, that our, our senior adult group is going to start meeting over a computer, everybody would be like, nah, they can't do that. You know, it's so sure enough, here we are. So one of the thoughts that came to mind is I think we all developed, and it's not just Zoom, it's other 
uh, things like we leaned more into relationships than we ever have hmm. because we couldn't do big fun and games anymore. We couldn't get together in person and we couldn't do big, you know, everybody come eat at this thing. So we had to go back to the, you know, the nuts and bolts of ministry and call people and text people. And um, so, so when I say, you know, laying aside effective ministry practice that we developed during COVID, it's really just a reminder that, man, we, we want to make sure that we're acknowledging that, man, there was some really good things that came out of this pandemic. Right. And in the, in the celebration of not having to wear masks anymore, boy, we might be wise to, you know, acknowledge that there are some of those things we might want to keep doing. Um, and uh, I think that, I think that's great. Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? Sure. Yeah. Well, my prayer really, Chris, is that we don't lose chubby bunny. I mean, we got it was outlawed. I don't know if you know that, but some kid died. I do. I do. That's yeah. like a, that's a folk tale. No, that's not true. But, um, you know, that's what everybody says. Some kid died and no, you can no longer play chubby bunny. So yeah, yeah which that will date your youth funny. ministry years. I don't even know if new youth pastors know that joke. So that's right. That's great. All right. Here's the second one. So focusing more on kids that are not coming back rather than kids that do. Now, this is, this is one of those that just really rings a bell with me. And, but I'm, I'll let you jump into that before I, yeah, I'm sure this is only youth pastors that struggle with this, right? Not pastors probably don't struggle with this, or oh. education guys don't struggle. Discipleship pastors or children's—it's just youth pastors and children's pastors, right? That that struggle with this. Is that the case? No, I don't think so. I think yeah, it's yeah. I think it's that old it's that old mindset. Somebody taught me early on, Scott. They said when you stand up because early on in my, when I would stand up, you know, I got up to that one time and I'm glad somebody corrected me because I stood up in front of a group and it was a low crowd. And I did that old, uh, where's everybody at mm -hmm. thing. Right. Which somebody taught me, man, when you say that you devalue everybody that did show up, you know, like, yeah. you, and, right. And so it was a great lesson for me. And I think that's true a, a little bit with this COVID thing. You know, we, we want to be careful not to get so worked up about, the folks that not now I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about the people that are not coming. That's not what I'm proposing. You sure, know, is that we don't even pay attention. Them well, yeah. And we want to still try to draw people back in that we know might could be coming still. But um I think we want to be careful though about just beating ourselves up and worrying so much and trying to only get our numbers back up, you know, to where they were. Um and it was interesting. And this is not scientific as in I've not, this is just from being around people and hearing this, you know, a lot of people financially, their churches did okay during this whole thing. Yeah. And, but a lot of churches, when they're first coming back, they've got about half the people. Well, what does that say? You know, I, I think part of that is, is that the folks that were really committed and the folks that were tithing, you know, those folks are coming back, you know, and the folks that were on the fringe, there's been a little bit of a culling process there. I don't know, yeah, man. you know, because I've always said that people vote with their money and they vote yes. with their attendance. And and that's and I think coming back, um, I do still think there are some that are sketchy. I, I, I do think if once we get like we feel like we're completely on the other side of the pandemic, I do feel like some of those numbers are going to come back. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. But the thing that really resonated with me on this part of what you wrote, Chris, is that I think that chasing the consumer Christian is just like this black hole that is sucking the energy out of a, a lot of our leaders. Mm, and and I really think 
there are a lot of people. So I, like I have two categories in my mind that consumer Christian that, that hasn't come back or maybe they were fringe in the first place um, and, and they just kind of done away with. Maybe they're not coming back, right? But I, there are a lot of people that I am experiencing that I'm seeing online, that I'm seeing in worship services. And this is holding true. If you look at any of the research coming out, there are a lot of people who are curious. I mean, the pandemic has right. caused people to ask real world, end of life questions where am I go, going? Is eternal life real? Mm -hmm. Is God real? And they're tuning in and they're on these broadcasts. There's a lot of people who are interested. And man, this like, so when I read this, this piece of it, I just think there's a lot of people are curious. So give me your thoughts about chasing that consumer Christian versus really spending some time to engage these people that are curious and trying to find them and connect with them and engage with them. Yeah. You know, and I think you could almost tie this to what do our report cards look like, right? Um, meaning, you know, um, how do we measure success in our churches? And I think that's changed as well for a lot, or at least should have. Um, I think it's easy to fall into that trap in youth ministry world and children's ministry world. You know, it's easy to compete with the church down the street. Yeah. Um, I think more and more youth pastors, though, are starting to realize that we really can't compete with the world ultimately that there, if, if we're trying to out entertain uh, social media and all of the technology that exists, we're going to lose that battle every single time. But what we can offer is we can offer something that's authentic through relationships that they're not getting anywhere else. Yeah. So I think, um, I think you're right. I think that temptation is there uh, to focus more on trying to, grab those people that are going to go somewhere to church, but they have that consumer mentality. But I, I think there's an opportunity there to, to really dig in, focus on the discipleship. And I'm hearing that. I don't know if you're hearing that. I, I'm starting to hear more and more rumblings of churches that are as if it's something new, but it's almost like we've not done it maybe as well, but they're starting to be this more and more conversations about what can we do to, to do a better job discipling our people. Yes. And they're and they're breaking that down though in a way. And we're not talking about like, hey, are you going to this class on Sunday night? But yep. they're you know really taking that to a next level. Uh, and towards the end of my time at Johnson Ferry, and I happen to still live in that same area and know, of course, the folks that are still there. There's been a movement among our youth ministry there with just that, um, with with deeper level of stuff, you know. And sure, we've lost some kids yep. um, that are going to go to different more entertaining type moments, but, but I think you're right on it, man. It's good. Yeah. I said the other day, Chris, that in a day when we celebrate the rock star pastor and we elevate the, the rock star, you yeah. pastor, pastor, really whatever staff member you fill in the blank in a day when we celebrate and elevate that, that intimate group, small group investment almost seems revolutionary. Yeah. And totally. we didn't come up with it. We didn't develop <laughs> it. I mean, Jesus I think, started I think this. Jesus started that. I, I, I'd have to look back in my Bible, but I think that's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's a great segue into this third one, planning more for fun instead of spiritual development. And the reality is you and I both know you can have both. Like I always tell yes. people, you're not having fun and being a Christian. That ain't God's fault. You're just boring. Do something. Right. I, I agree. And listen, you know, you know, we have fun around here. You know, we all have fun and, and we've only known each other for now like three months, but yeah. we already ha are having fun together. I'm all about having fun. But I think 
and it plays into a little bit of that consumer mentality that, you know, oh man, we got to get everybody back. So we got to plan this big thing and do this big fun thing and do, you know, and focusing more on that, but not recognizing that, man, people have been struggling for a while. And when I say people, I mean, teenagers, children, you know, everybody's been affected by this. We're going to talk a little bit about that at another point here in a second, but um, there's a real opportunity there again, to not just focus on the fun, but to focus on, man, we're going to, we're going to feed you, you know, now this is going to get, this is going to be where it's really kind of stings a little bit though. Right. Is it possible, Scott, that we're guilty though, in our churches of not equipping our people to grow on their own, Mm. but rather we're just feeding them, feeding them, feeding them. And then what happened a year ago, all of a sudden, we didn't have the same ability to feed them like we always had. They couldn't come sit at the table anymore. All they could do is this digital type thing, right? So I think it might be a reminder, again, to make sure we're equipping people to, to feed themselves, to grow on their own, to have those personal walks with the Lord. And again, that's where, uh, because I believe so many teenagers are hungry, and I think adults as well, there's an opportunity there really to focus more on that than just, Hey, we're going to have this big, uh, big fish fry or whatever oh my it might goodness, be, you man. know, cornhole tournament, you know, so I'm telling you this, this really, for me, I was 30 years, local church, 20 years in student ministry, about halfway, about 10 year mark of, of being a student pastor. Yeah. This hit me and, and the Lord taught me that the point of discipleship is not just connection. It's Christ likeness. Sure. And when I caught that, it changed everything that I did in student ministry. Now we still had fun. We still did the games. We still did, did attractional, but I added balance to it. The attraction right. of bringing them into a pipeline that was intimate, needing need, no to nose to engagement. But I'm just telling you, that is a different ball game that produces so, such different fruit yes. in our ministries. Man, that's a great point. And that really jumps into the fourth one here. And it was this. Thinking that students or, or people, church members, are the same today as they were a year ago. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and this is just a subtle, like, reminder, I guess, that we're all different, hmm. you know, and I, and I don't know that we've, this is probably just me just sort of, um, I don't know that there's proof for this yet, you know, I don't know that there's scientific evidence, I don't think that, you know, all of the studies have been done about what effect did the pandemic have on people. Just intuitively, though, just knowing people, you know, we're in the people business, right? Right. And knowing myself, I'm different than I, w- I was a year ago. You know, like this has done something to me. So different. And, and again, you know, and I think, you know, I think everybody knows, you know, we, we've been careful to say, look, let's not just only focus on getting back to normal. Let's not just focus on getting back to normal. you like, I think that's pretty common, but I think in that we have to remember also that there are some, let's get real personal with it. There are some people that have been a part of your church, some teenagers, some adults that have been a part of your church have been a part of my church for a long time that at one point they may have been really, really strong in their faith or whatever, but something may have changed. And we, I'm not saying it has for sure, but I think we just need to be mindful of the fact that people are different 
And we don't know what people have gone through. Some people have come through this and on the other side, they are better. They've grown with their walk with Christ. But I think there are some people who had a strong walk with Christ that they are doing worse, you know? So again, I think just approaching people, we're in the people business, you know, with the mindset of, especially when we start to see them again on a regular basis, like starting to just have a, like, be a, it's like a curiosity. I wonder how the pandemic has affected, you know, this person. You know, it brings to mind a Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote that, that says, when a man encounters Jesus, he must do one of two things. Either he must die or mm. he must put Christ to death. Mm. And man, when I, when I think about that quote, I feel like so many of us, sure. listen, I've changed. I'm different. Yes. My yeah. relationship with my wife has never been as strong. I've never been as good a husband right now. Uh, I mean, as I am right now. I mean, That's just, what I've heard. I mean, I've heard that you were terrible before. So oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I was poster child. No, I'm just kidding. But but it really has the focused time yeah. with my wife, the focused time with my kids being home that whole time, sure. right? And me working from the house, it really has changed. And people have to make a decision. Yeah. I'm going to walk with Jesus. That's why I'm almost at the point where I can say that cultural Christianity is ending. Either you're a believer and you're all in and you're dying to self and you're elevating Jesus or you're just fading. Like it's almost doing away with a whole lot of that, that middle ground. Yeah. And, and the pandemic is part of that in, in including what we're seeing in culture from a, the, what, how we, you know, this could be a totally different, you know, recording here, but how we stand on major issues throughout yeah. you know, our nation and our world. Uh, um, it's getting harder and harder to be on on God's side, you know, in a sense, you know, um, but, uh, but the pandemic, even with that, when all of a sudden we found ourselves sitting at home for as long as we did, did we still, you know, desire to be with Jesus like we did, you know, before. So yeah, it's good. And we talk a little about, you know, we hit a little bit about where we've been about some of the effects of it, but this last one, number five, yep, this really points us down the road. So it's believing that we're back in a time of maintaining rather than rebuilding. So talk to me about this difference between maintaining ministry and the herd and then rebuilding and having a real focus of where we're going. Yeah. So here's what's in my head when I, when I, when I think of this one, I think, you know, you go to a new church as a, as a, as a minister of a church. And a lot of times, you know, that first year or two or three, you really are building you know, like you're building your ministry, you're creating new things. Um, maybe you're creating your team of volunteers, you're building that up. But then most of us, we get to a point where we're maintaining. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that in a negative way, in the sense that we have stopped being creative and stopped creating new things. That's not what I mean. Um, we still do those things, but ultimately we're, we're in a, behind it. We're still kind of just maintaining what we've built and trying to build upon that, that foundation, if you will. Um, I think it might be tempting for a lot of us as we get back to normal is to think, well, I'm just in that same mode. And this is a little bit of a nudge that we need to look for uh, opportunities and needs to rebuild certain things. Uh, maybe that's our volunteer base. Maybe that is uh, even our group of people that are attending and coming, you know, we just want to make sure that we, we we're thinking in that, how can we rebuild what we've lost? Now, the beautiful part of this is 
we get to rebuild, yeah. right? That's beautiful. I mean, we have to remember that part, but that's, that's like awesome. You know, yeah. the fact that, you know, and maybe some of those, um, can, I don't know if I can say that, can we say this? Maybe we're kind of glad we lost some of the workers we lost. I mean, can we say that, you know, <laughs> maybe it's like, okay, see you. Bye-bye. You know, I mean, it's about time, you know, I knew you weren't in, you know, whatever I'd so, um, but Growth yeah, subtraction. Yeah, for real, man. So, um, so yeah, that, that's, what's in my mind with that. I don't know. Do you think that's accurate, Scott? I mean, do you think I do your experience? And I think that sometimes, you know, what I've experienced, what I like, what's in my heart is sometimes there's no clear road ahead and we got to build the road. Sure. And that's what excites me. Yeah. Like, to know that there's some really good building blocks that my parents, that our ancestors got us to this point. But the reality is, if you look at the studies like the, you know, the disciple making mm-hmm. study that came from the convention that said we baptized 7.1 million people in the last 20 years with zero increase in attendance. Mm. That's a fruit problem. That is a system yeah. problem. That's a disciple making a, a mm. focus problem. So what that means is we're not, we can't throw everything out the window, but it does yeah. mean that we've got to build new pathways and new networks. And to that end. We the, the blessing of the Georgia Baptist Convention is we now have consultants that are out there that are resourcing right. churches, loving on leaders. And, and as we close our time out together, share with our, our listeners, viewers, just some some opportunities that people have if they have that children's ministry, youth ministry, some networking opportunities to engage. Yeah. With yeah. So we're definitely in the process. You know, we've got some great folks already throughout the state. You know, we've got Jenny Carter doing children's ministry, and we hope eventually to have more consultants in children's ministry as well. But truthfully, and Scott, you've, you've been around Jenny. She's like, you talk about a rock star earlier. She actually is. I mean, she's amazing. Um Man. tremendous amount of knowledge there and can be a great encouragement, you know, to anyone there. And, and then we've got a couple of folks, you know, Mike and Cameron who, who live in youth ministry world. And, you know, we're in the process of really, you know, we're going to keep still keep doing camps and such here. Um, but we're trying to move away from that being the thing, you know, that we do. We're, we love camp and we love things like the move conference we want to be more about relationships and building relationships with folks and being there to help whether you ever come to one of our events or not, we want to be there to, for you to bounce ideas off of, to talk through things or whatever that might be. Um, we're doing this one thing. We've only got a couple left, depending on when you're watching this, we're going through, through the end of month of May, but we've started this thing on Thursday mornings for youth pastors called Thursday morning unwind. Yes. And it's just that ninth. Matter of fact, I'm going to be jumping on here in a few minutes. Um, but uh, it's a 930 gathering where we're just saying, hey, let's unwind from the night before. And we typically ask questions like, hey, what's something dumb you did last night that nobody should ever try? <laughs> or what's something awesome you did that we ought to steal? You know, and so we talk about that, but it's just a moment, you know, and um, Jenny's doing a great job over in the Facebook group as well. She's got a kids ministry, uh, George's kids ministry Facebook group that lots of people are part of. And it's awesome just to see them going on like this time of year big time VBS questions are coming. What are you doing for this? What are you doing for this? So they're networking together. Same thing in uh, youth ministry world for us. We have the, the student ministry network, Facebook group for Georgia also. So man, if anybody wants to jump on those, we'd love to have you. It'd be great. And I, I'm, I'm here to help you, man. Like yeah. I, if you need me, I'm serious. Like if you just want to talk through youth ministry, whatever, I'd love to help you. Well, there's never been a, a, a greater day to be working on discipleship or to be, focused in next-gen ministry than it is right now in Georgia. 
the resources that are available, the guys like Chris Trent. And listen, you can get more content from Chris Trent um, by registering for thesparkconference.com. So that's our state's largest event. It's going to be awesome. We had over 30,000 different clicks on that front site last year. And Chris is going to be speaking. We've got a breakout there. And that registration opens June one. Also, I want to say a, a word of thank you to Ray Sullivan. He is our producer for today. Ray, thanks as always, buddy, for producing and getting this together and putting it, uh, making it work. And Chris Trent, my hero, one of the my favorite people in Georgia. Thank you for jumping on and sharing some wisdom with us today, buddy. Thanks for trusting me, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And thank you, too, for our tribe for engaging with us. And I pray, as we always do, that you will reinvest the gospel seed that was shared with you. And let's make world impacting disciple makers. Thanks for listening to Georgia Baptist Discipleship Podcast. And we want to give you a gift. The five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world impacting disciple makers. You can get this by going to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. That's ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. This five page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist that may surprise you. It will help you learn why programs are killing your discipleship. The number one default worker strategy that keeps churches from empowering their ministries. Learn the OGV factor and how it can revolutionize discipleship, attendance, and evangelism in your church. Again, go to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptist to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org forward slash discipleship. And by the way, if you found this content helpful, we sure hope you'll share it with a friend. And thanks so much for partnering with us to make world-impacting disciple-makers.